Shalom, shalom, and welcome. It's Kenny Russell, Bulldozer Faith, living life in the spirit. Thanks for joining with me today. We are broadcasting an unusual time today as we are getting ready for the start of Passover here in the land of Israel. And I just wanted to take a moment to share with folks today uh, just a short message on Passover of encouragement and uh, just that we can rejoice together in Yehovah. So if you're just tuning in, I want to encourage you, just give us a shout out on uh, the Messenger, or if you're tuning in on YouTube, just give us a shout out there. Let us know that you are watching. I know it's early in the morning in the US, but uh, we welcome everyone that's joining with us. I see we've got Richard uh, Kearns with us in Pakistan. Good to see you, brother. Welcome. Thanks for joining with us today. And uh, great to see the work that you're doing uh, in Pakistan as well. What a blessing uh, to see what the Father is doing in and through your life as well. So we keep you in prayer. Like I said, if you're just tuning in, just uh, let us know. Just leave a message that we know that uh, you are watching and we will give you a shout out. We've got Nigel in the UK. We've got Lola. We've got Esther and uh, Yogi. Uh, Welcome. Thanks for joining with us. And uh, yeah, just shout out so we know that you are there and, you know, we will give you a shout out through the message. So what we're going to do is we'll press on with the message here today um, because our focus is just to uh, put um, a message just of encouragement out here, this Pesach, um, so that those who are on their own will also have the ability to uh, fellowship and worship together as we proclaim the promises of Yehovah. Good to see you, Yogi in Mississippi. Ha! Had to take a deep breath in the middle of the breath there to get that out. Hallelujah. So I just want to talk on a few moments about Behold the Lamb. And uh, just going to share a few scriptures. You know, at Passover, it's an incredible time of the year and a time of rejoicing for us, especially for those who believe in Yeshua, who have received Yeshua, because we understand who he is. But I want us just to go back and look at a few scriptures that's very important concerning uh, the Lamb, because, you know, these things are so powerful. You know, uh, when John the Baptist made the statement, Behold, the Lamb of Elohim, who takes away the sins of the world, you know, could you imagine the impact that that had in his day? And even so, as we look from where we stand, what that impact looks like is incredible. But I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 22. And, uh, you know, I continually share on the importance of the gospel being preached all the way back from the time of Abraham. Abraham is our deliverer. He is the one who is the reversal of the curse. He's the one uh, who Yehovah uses to bring restoration to all mankind. The gospel that we should be preaching today is the gospel that we see, the same gospel that was preached to Abraham. So we see through the life of Abraham as well, just an incredible outline of who you Yeshua is and that he is the Passover lamb. And one of those points where we see that is in Genesis chapter 22. And I just want us to turn to that portion of scripture. It's the test of Abraham and the binding of Isaac. And, you know, I love this portion of scripture. I'm just going to read a few verses from here, not the whole uh, chapter, but I want to encourage you uh, to go back and read the whole story. I'll just read from verse 1, actually. Sometime later, Elohim tested Abraham. This is a test. He said to him, Abraham, he said, here I am, he replied. Then Elohim said, take your son, 
your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Now immediately Abraham responds and the next day he gets up and he goes to do what the father has said. And it's, it's a powerful uh, portion of scripture and also it's a great step of faith. Now, you know, from our, our scriptures, we see that uh, God does not uh, condone, uh, he doesn't approve of human sacrifice. But what Abraham is so confident in, he is so confident in the promises of Yehovah. And I want to go to verse 6 to 8. You know, obviously, they go on their way with two servants to get there. Abraham took the wood in verse 6 for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abram replied, the fire and the wood is here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering. And, you know, one thing I want to point out here, he didn't say, where is the goat? He didn't say, you know, any other type of sacrifice. He says, where is the lamb? Because it was very common uh, for them to do lamb sacrifices. And as we get into the sacrifices of the temple, you know, you have the opening sacrifice, the last sacrifice. They were always lambs that were being sacrificed before Yehovah. So he says, where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abram answered, Elohim himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. And, you know, we have a word that's given to Abraham. We know that it's a test. But the father uh, says, take your son, go to the region of Moriah. You know, we're talking about going up to Jerusalem. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering. And, you know, he is taking those steps and going out and doing exactly what the father has told him to do. So in verse 20, uh, verse 12, verse 20, do not lay a hand on him. This is after he wraps him up, puts him on the sacrifice. Don't lay a hand on him. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear Elohim because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Now we all know that Abram had another son, but this is the son of the promise. It's the son of the promise. And I want us to recognize that what takes place here is really quite powerful because after this happens, uh, as he, uh, uh, so Abraham called, uh, sorry, where are we at? Sorry, let me just uh, back up one second. So he reached out his hand, he took the knife to slay his son, verse 11. But the angel of the Lord, this is Yeshua, he called out to him from heaven, Abram, Abram, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear Elohim because you have not withheld uh, from me your son, your only son. Abram looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught in uh, it's caught by its horns. He went over and he took the ram. He sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place Yehovah will provide. And to this day, it is said on the mountain of Yehovah, 
uh, it will be provided. And this is one of the promises that we have as well. We have the provision of deliverance, the the Lamb of Elohim who takes away the sins of the world. We have the the deliverance from slavery as well. We are set free. And, you know, this is a great picture where we see the faith of Abraham. You could also look at the stress of Abraham, or you could imagine the stress of Abraham, but he had no stress in his actions. He's walking, and, you know, you can always, uh, you know, you, you can see through the text the mindset of Abraham. He knew that he was not going to require his son, but even if he slayed his son, He knew that the Father would raise him from the dead because he is the son of the promises of Yehovah. And sometimes we've got to lay the promises down before Yehovah that he has given us. And we can see those promises resurrected as well. So it's definitely not a picture of the stress of Abraham. It's a picture of the faith of Abraham. And we learn the lessons of what it truly means to walk in the path of the promises of a mighty God. What a journey that must have been. And what a journey we see that the Father has taken, um, you know, in preparation of bringing the Lamb of uh, deliverance of salvation to the whole world. What a preparation from the very foundation of the scripture. And we have got to get to that place where we understand in Yeshua, we are called out of slavery. If you've received Yeshua, don't be caught in the place of slavery. This is why it's so important that we need to mikvah, we need to be baptized, as some of you call it. You need to go down in the water like you're going through the Red Sea. You need to rise up in Messiah. It's no longer I that live, but it's the Messiah living within me. We have got to get to that place where we see the transformation of what it truly means to come out of Egypt. So when we see the the picture in uh, Exodus chapter 12, we see they put the blood on the doorposts of their homes. And this was every home. If you wanted uh, uh, to be spared of losing your firstborn uh, of your children and of your animals, you had to have that blood over the doorposts of uh, your home. And it would go well for you. You would be safe. And this is an act of obedience because every single one of us has fallen into sin. And it didn't matter if you were Israel or if you were of the nations. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of Yehovah. And that's what I love about the scripture in John chapter 3. It says, Elohim so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Yeshua. He's our Passover lamb and the foundation of of the redemption of all mankind. And this is the good news of the gospel. And when Yohanan saw Yeshua, he said, Behold the Lamb of Elohim who takes away the sins of the Jews. No, that's not what he said. He takes away the sins of the world. So he was making a declaration that was so powerful. And he's making that declaration before a people that understand sacrifice. They understand the importance of the sacrificial lamb. And they are waiting for that deliverance. And we also see that in the book of Isaiah Uh, chapter 53 and a few other portions in Isaiah as well uh, that's so important to to realize that we uh, that Israel is waiting for deliverance 
We, we only have deliverance in part and we've got to get to that place where we come out of slavery, where we come out of Egypt. And, you know, this is one of the greatest testimonies that has been ever told. It's the testimony of the Lamb. And this is so much part of the gospel. And I want to encourage you to share about the Lamb of Elohim with everybody. This is something that we should be sharing with the Jewish people. It's something we should be sharing with those in the nations, with our family and with those within our community. And what a blessing it is to do Passover. You know, sometimes I think back to what life was like being brought up as a Christian. And behold, the Lamb of Elohim that takes away the sin of the world didn't mean as much as what it means today with an understanding of the feasts, an understanding of the process of the feasts of Yehovah. They, they bring everything into perspective because we start to realize that every single one of these sacrifices and offerings they were given so that we could uh, be right standing in a way temporarily before Yehovah. We had to have these sacrifices take place. Hallelujah. So we're going to look a bit in uh, Genesis chapter 3 because we're dealing uh, with the fall of man. And what do we see there in the area of the fall of man? Um, you know, we see the importance that there will be provision there will be provision where that redemption will come forth, where we will be set free, that we will no longer be lost, you know, because of what took place uh, in the sin of man and the, the, the failure of man because they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So we recognize that God so loved the world, he gave his only son. That's why there's only one gospel. There's not a gospel for the Jew and a gospel for believers. No, there's only one gospel. It's, a, it's the same gospel for everyone. And that's why, you know, we recognize there's only one covenant. You know, Jews or those of the nations all have to come into the same covenant. It's not about what your bloodline is. Thank you, Father, for your heritage from wherever you've come from. But, you know, we don't stand upon our heritage. We stand upon the heritage of the Lamb of Elohim. And that's what we want to recognize, the importance of what is taking place. So, Yohanan, he saw... Yeshua coming, he says, behold the Lamb of Elohim. And, you know, there's a verse in uh, uh, Genesis chapter 3 where uh, God actually says, behold man. <laughs> we'll come to that verse a little bit uh, on. It's towards the end of uh, chapter 3. We'll go there in a second. But, you know, behold the Lamb. Behold, look, take note of this. This is the Lamb of Elohim who takes away the sins of the world. He is connecting with the deliverance of what is needed because of fallen man. So where do we stand today? We stand in a place where we can see this picture of the Lamb of God in a different light to those who were... Uh, hearing the voice of, of Yohanan ben Zechariah, of John the Baptist, you know, they could only look back. Man, we can look all the way back and we can look all the way forward. We can go from Genesis all the way to Revelation to identify the Lamb of Elohim. And I, in fact, I've just put, uh, let me put my notes, uh, my uh, holder there in Genesis chapter 3. I want us to go to the book of Revelation and uh, 
just make a few declarations of the Lamb of Elohim so that we can, you know, start <laughs> in the future and look back and just see how amazing Elohim is. So in Revelation chapter 2, we're going to read from verse 7. It says, He who has a near, let him hear what the Spirit says to the uh, ecclesia, to him who overcomes I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is uh, the paradise of Elohim. And what's important about what we see here, we see the importance of the tree of life. Back in the garden, we see the tree of life. They ate of the tree of the knowledge and good and evil. And, you know, it put them in a place where they were going to be blocked from the tree of life. They can't eat that tree anymore because they have sinned and fallen short. They can't eat that tree. It is forbidden for them to eat that tree. And there's a process that is put in to stop them eating from that tree. And we see in verse uh, 1 here of Revelation chapter 22, Then the angels showed me the river of the water of life, a clear and crystal flowing from the throne of Elohim of the Lamb, down the middle of the great street of the city on each side um, of the river stood the tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit yielding its fruit every month and, and the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations hallelujah no longer will there be any curse uh, the, for, the throne of Elohim and the lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him they will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. There'll be no need. Um, uh, they will not need the light of the lamp or the light of the sun for Yehovah Elohim will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. Hallelujah. So what do we see? We see the importance of the lamb right at the end of the book as well. Okay, we'll just read another uh, scripture here in 22, actually. Uh, we'll read from verse 14. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gate into the city. This is so important. Let's, let's read from verse 12. Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. I am the Aleph and the Taf, the Alpha and Omega in some versions, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. This is Yeshua. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life. We're called to be right standing, to be pure through the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Outside of the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the adulterers, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Yeshua, have sent my gospel. Uh, I have sent, sorry, not my gospel, my angel, uh, to give you this testimony for the ecclesias, the assemblies. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. Hallelujah. What a, a declaration of recognizing just how powerful our God is. And when we go back to Genesis chapter 3, in the fall of man, we've got this 
this process of the fall and you start reading it and you start seeing just how, um, you know, what is taking place here when we start reading the judgment. But even in the place of judgment, we see the mercy of Yahovah. The Father had a plan right from the beginning. And as we come round Pesach, as we come to Passover and we recognize not just what he has done in the past in Egypt but we recognize what he has done in the past in our life where do we stand today because each year we are faced with unleavened bread we're we're called to to get the the leaven out of our lives to get the leaven out of our homes to be right standing before the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob and it's a challenge to us every year and this is what's so powerful about the feast that we take time to receive the mercy of God why because we are all sinners we have all fallen short we don't walk the way that we should all the time we want to uh, spread the fragrance and the knowledge and the characteristics of the Messiah but there is times and in seasons within our lives where we fail each other where we fail Elohim and these feast times are times for us to come back and make sure that we don't allow uh, evil to to tally longer than it should that through the feasts through the, the the spring feasts and through the fall feasts that we can take these time to make sure that we are right standing before the father that we are right standing before a mighty God so you might be going through the preparation into Pesach, uh, you know, depending on what part of the world you're in. If you're in Australia, you might be in, you're in Pesach already. But whatever stage you're at in the process of this feast, don't forget that for these seven days that we are saying, Father... This is the time of unleavened bread. I'm not going to eat bread. I'm going to recognize who you are. I'm going to recognize that we moved out in haste, that you delivered us from slavery. I'm going to spend a week focused on my testimony. I'm going to spend a week looking at what you have done for me, looking at what you have done for others, looking at what you've done for all the tribes of Israel. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Yeshua. He has set us free. He has, has delivered us so that we can get to that place of victory in Messiah. So we talked about that verse about behold um, in chapter 3. Uh, where is that um, verse? Let me just find it there. I haven't got any notes on this, but I should be able to find it. <coughs> Where are you? He says where he is. He says you'll be cursed. Um, cursed is the ground. Uh, okay, so it's down there at... Uh, okay. Uh, depends what version you're reading. All right, I've got a different version to <laughs> my other version online. But in verse 22... After we go through the judgments and all of the things that the father is going to do, Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all the living. Yahovah Elohim made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and he clothed them. And you know, we don't see directly that it doesn't say within this scripture that that uh, Yehovah slaughtered a lamb, but because of what we see in the next chapter with Cain and Abel and the sacrifice of Abel, we can 
read into the text here and I don't think we're, we're losing our position because of the importance of lambs within the sacrificial system. We, I believe, can take it that the understanding here that the father slayed lambs and he put uh, their skins on them to cover up their nakedness. And then Yehovah uh, Elohim said, Behold, the man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take from the tree of life and eat uh, and live forever. So Yehovah Elohim banished him from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. Then he drove the man out and he placed on the east side of the garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. You cannot partake of the tree of life. You are put out. You are shut off from the tree of life. Because of your sin, the sentence is death. You will surely die. And this is the, you know, this is the account of fallen man. But in the midst of this, what do we see take place even within the judgments? I just want to read the the judgments so we can get hold of that here from verse 8 of Genesis chapter 3. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of Yehovah Elohim as he walked in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from Yehovah Elohim among the trees of the garden. But Yehovah Elohim called to the man, where are you? And when he said, where are you? He wasn't saying, look, I don't know where you are. He's asking the question deep within their heart. Where are you? And maybe you're hearing that question today before Yehovah because of the sin within your life. You know, the father sent to you, where are you? Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then Yehovah Elohim said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The servant, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So Yehovah Elohim said to the serpent, Because you have done this, Cursed are you above all livestock and all the wild animals, and you will crawl on your belly, and you will eat the dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between the woman, between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. To the woman, he said, I will greatly increase your pain and childbearing. With pain, you will give birth to children." Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I command you, you must not eat of it. Cursed be the ground because of you. Through pain, full toil, you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce farms and thistles for you and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. From dust you, have, you are, and to dust you will return. Adam named his wife Eve because she would become 
the mother of all of the living. And then we talk about the garments that were made, that they were the skins that were put over them. And what do we see? We see the restoration. There's going to be enmity between you, Hasatan, and the woman. Why? So what's the focus about this tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Why? You know, what did Elohim say? Man has now become like one of us. In verse 22, understanding and knowing the good and evil. Guess what? Man was not created to take on all the pressure of understanding the fullness of good and evil. The Father's intent was to protect us against evil and keep us in a stream place where we could flow and function in the purity, in in the, the blessings of what it truly means to be in the presence of a perfect and mighty God. We were never meant to take on the weight of this world. And I love the verse that we see in Matthew chapter 11. Let's just turn there. Matthew chapter 11. Hallelujah. One of my favorite verses here. Um, I love this verse because it's so important to every single one of us. Here comes the Lamb of God, the Messiah. And, you know, what's his... uh, commitment to us you know what's his focus we see in verse 28 come to me all you who are weary and burdened and i will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for i am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light Come to Yeshua, the Passover lamb. Receive the provision that he has made for us. What's the purpose of the sacrifices? Every time we're sacrificing in the in the, the Tanakh, every time they sacrificed, it was all about trying to be right standing before God, how to get close to God, even when it came to the day of atonement. You know, this is what was taking place. Now, I want us to shift right back to chapter 3 again of Genesis. And right at the end of Genesis, what does it say? He puts the cherim uh, with uh, flaming uh, swords of fire to say, you cannot partake of the tree of life. And then when the tabernacle in the wilderness was being built, when the the temples were being built, what was um, uh, embroidered into the veil? It was the cherubim. These were the the, the places to, to say you cannot cross this line. But let me tell you something. At the time of the tabernacle, what was happening? There was a crack opening up where the high priest could enter once a year into the most holy place. We had the holy place, then we had the most holy place. And it's so powerful as we witness what takes place through Abraham and the descendants of Abraham, the covenant given to Abraham. Four generations will be, they will be in slavery. Now call your people out of slavery, my people out of slavery, and I'm going to bring them to a place where they will have the fullness of the covenant. So what happened at Mount Sinai? It was the marriage that took place. The Ten Commandments are the ketubah of Elohim. It's the conditions of the marriage. And even with the conditions of the marriage coming into place, there was a veil into the presence. Don't touch the mountain in the preparation. Make sure you take those free days out, you know, uh, and, and make sure you keep clean. Wash your clothes. Put on your white robes, your white garments, because the place where you're standing is holy ground. 
That's what we see with Moshe as well when he is called. Take off your shoes. The place where you're standing is holy ground. You're looking at the burning bush. But you can't look at it just uh, willy-nilly in the way you want to stand. Take your shoes off and recognize who you stand before. So the veil of the temple was to say that this is the most holy place. Only one person can walk in here once a year to bring forth the atonement, to bring forth the blood, to do what? To sprinkle it upon the mercy seat. That's why when Yeshua raised from the dead, he said, don't touch me. Don't touch me. He hadn't yet ascended to the Father where what did he do? He took his very own precious blood and it was poured upon the mercy seat, not in the Levitical uh, temple or the temple made on earth. He did it in the heavenly temple because everything that we had on earth was just a replica of what was already in heaven. Hallelujah. So we recognize who he is. But when Yeshua gave up his life and breathed his last, what happened? The temple curtain tore from the top to the bottom. And that represents the cherubim stopping people entering in. And it didn't tear from the bottom to the top. It wasn't something that was done by man. The temple veil was torn from the top to the bottom. And I believe it's because the access into the very presence of a mighty God was opened up to each and every one of us. And this is our blessing. This is our promise, this Pesach, that we can stand upon his promises and recognize who he is. Hallelujah. So don't forget that verse that says, Come to me, all you are weary and burdened. And I will give you rest. Hallelujah. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. You are not called to take on the cares of the world. That's why we've got to cast all our cares upon him. So this Passover, come on. What are you up against? What are you facing? Cast your cares upon him. He cares for you. Can you imagine how stressed out the children of Israel were when they stood before uh, the Red Sea? Pharaoh's army coming against them. And what did Moshe say? You know, he brought the people to attention and said, this is the moment where you are going to see the deliverance of a mighty God. Don't be in fear and terror. You're going to see the deliverance of a mighty God. We need Elohim to take away all of our fear. We need him to take away all of our pain. We cast our cares upon him. And this is one of the blessings of Pesach, of Passover, of the Lamb of Elohim who takes away the sins in the world. This is an amazing day. And I want to encourage you, don't get lost in the religious practices of Pesach, going through the old rabbinic process of the the, the Seder meal, but get into a place of focusing that our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Hallelujah. You know, the Jewish people today, that every year they've got to try and make sure they're doing good deeds because they don't have the sacrificial system to protect them. So the rabbis have just changed it all and says, oh, it's all about your good deeds and how, how you are before man and all the things that you do. It's all about your works that take you towards salvation. But that's not true. We don't find those provisions within the scripture. There's no sacrificial system today because the lamb has already come. The promise has already been given. We've already received the blessings and we have our name not written in the book of life. And the Jewish people at uh, uh, Yom Kippur, they say, 
may your name be written in the book of life for the next year. No, we can celebrate today that our names are in the Lamb's book of life. That is Revelation chapter 21, verse 27. We stand upon the promises, understanding that man was driven out of the garden. They were driven not just out of a garden. They were driven out of the presence of Elohim. And oh, we long to be in his presence. Well, we can be in the presence of Elohim each and every day. Every day you can wake up and come into the presence of Yehovah. Right now we can receive the presence of Yehovah. We can walk in the presence of Yehovah. Walk in the fullness of Yehovah as we celebrate this feast at this time. Oh, I'm so glad I'm delivered from Easter. I'm so glad that I have woke up to the pagan practices of Catholicism and Protestant Christianity. I'm so glad that I can look back and embrace the fullness of what Pesach means, you know, to each and every believer. We have got to understand what is taking place. We've got to understand what is happening. In the book of Isaiah chapter 25, just turn there. It's a good verse to um, to quote here uh, concerning the hope and the promises that we see, you know, to the house of Israel and the, the to, to salvation to the whole world. Hallelujah. It says in verse 7, On this mountain he will destroy the shroud that enfolds the people, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Elohim will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove the disgrace of his people from all the earth. Yahovah has spoken. So what do we see here in verse 7? The sheet that covers, the veil that covers the nations. You know, if you don't receive Yeshua, you cannot see who he is. You can't understand the scriptures. You know, we have to first not try and work out what is the path of salvation. You've got to, you've got to humble yourself before God, receive Messiah. And then when you look upon the scripture, you will see it as it needs to be seen. Because if you don't see it through the eyes of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, how are you going to read and understand the path of salvation and deliverance and the path of our calling that we see within Scripture? So there's a great hope that is delivered here. And what does it say in verse 6? On the mountain, Yehovah Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. Hallelujah. On the mountain. Which mountain? The very same mountain that he provided the lamb in the thicket for Abraham. Oh, thank you, Father. We have a God in pursuit of us. We have a God who's making a way for us, who understands our failings before they even happen. Before the foundations of the earth, he made mention of your name. He knew how you were going to live. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Yeshua. Matthew chapter 27 verse 51. That's where we see, Behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. You know, let's see the true significance of the Lamb of Elohim at this Pesach. Let's rejoice. Let's get away from religion. Let's enjoy this time and testify. Surround your table today. If you're on your own, proclaim your testimony. Connect with others where you can. 
and we just proclaim the victory of a mighty Elohim. I hope you are blessed and encouraged with this message and I pray that this message will be a source of encouragement this Passover and that for this next seven days that you will, you know, take time to meditate on the things that we have talked about here on the Lamb of Elohim. Take time to study your scriptures and just go through those portions. You know, I've just shared a few of them. You know, there's so much more. There is so much more that we can see uh, within the scripture because who is the tree of life yeshua is the tree of life hallelujah that's why when we come unto him we have the fullness of salvation so i want to thank you for watching i hope you've been blessed and encouraged with this message if you've been blessed and encouraged email me it's kenny at bulldozer faith i would love to hear from you if you've got prayer requests you can send the prayer request there as well if you want to plant a seed of offering uh, during this uh um, uh, uh, feast time then you can do that it's buildthoseoffaith.com forward slash give we appreciate those who support the ministry and the work that we do here as we take the word of Elohim to the nations so have a blessed Pesach from our house to yours we will not be having a zoom call tonight but I appreciate every one of you and uh um, another update as well. I didn't get the operation the other day. The operation was cancelled. It's been rescheduled to the 6th of April. So anyway, the father knows. I was all ready, all dressed up, ready to go. And just before I went into surgery, the, the procedure was cancelled. So it's been rescheduled for the 6th of April. Thanks for everyone who is praying. I can't wait to be able to breathe even better. But hugs. Pesach Sameach. Have a blessed feast. Until next time, shalom, shalom.